Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Pruel Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I am so happy to be here with all of you. We'll just enjoy exploring today with Jamie Goldstein, intuitive astrologer, also a five-year school psychologist, and an astrologer that's focused on relationships in her readings and in her practice. So today we're talking about Venus and Jupiter conjunct in Aries. It's happening now in the sky. And if you have not yet had a chance to go out and see it visually, oh my God, it's so breathtaking. I highly recommend if you have clear skies and the ability to look in the sky, it's unmistakable. The the two brightest stars in the sky, like looking like they're almost on top of each other, that is Venus and Jupiter. So this, the focus of this broadcast right now, we decided to go live just to cover this event and to talk about the energies, the energies of Venus and Jupiter, the energies of Venus and Jupiter conjunct in Aries, what this means for our relationships. I've also gathered some questions from our inner circle members. So I said, hey, Jamie's going to be on live. What do you want to know about relationships? What do you want to know about Venus and Jupiter? I got some great questions for that too. Jamie, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for doing this. It was kind of spur of the moment. And I'm really grateful that you have made yourself available. And I know this is a very special conjunction for you personally. Do you want to tell them why? Yeah, I thought the timing was so perfect because this Venus-Jupiter conjunction is conjunct my Aries sun. So I was like, what a perfect, what a perfect invitation to be here and share what I love. Amazing. And is it like exact? Within like a few degrees, but it's super close. So I was like, this is perfect. Amazing. And how has your, like, how has your experience of Venus, how has your experience of this day been? And I'd love to ask all of you too, because it's been kind of wonky for me. Like it hasn't felt like I, I, Rachel Lang on our weekly weather said, it's not going to be all roses and honey. And I've definitely had that experience. I don't know about you though, Jamie, how, how's it? Yeah. You know, the energy's felt a little chaotic for me, but I, I feel that Aries like excitement and the stoking of the creative fires and you know, the way Aries works is it is that spontaneous creative energy. And sometimes it can happen in a little frenetic type of way. (laughs) All right. So let's start with the big picture, Venus and Jupiter conjunct in Aries, like give us the signature of that energy. Yeah. So for me, you know, the intuitive message is Venus is our heart's desires. I mean, she's so, she rep, every planet represents so much, but she's the values of our heart, our heart's desires, our heart essence. And Jupiter is the expansion principle. Jupiter is our quest to live with higher meaning and purpose and inspiration to live a life that's really meaningful. And Aries is a sign of like our sacred mission, our sacred purpose. And so I feel the big intuitive message is this transit is like expanding our heart's highest desires to support our sacred mission. I feel like Aries is a trailblazer sign. You know, it opens up new pathways, going where no one's gone before. So I feel like through really 
honoring our sacred desires, new pathways are going to open up that we weren't seeing there before. And there's so much heart healing available. We have Chiron with this conjunction. We have Vesta, the, the keeper of the sacred flame. She's like stoking our creative fires. There's all of this creative energy here with this transit. And I see it as, and I think it's really important to remember, conjunctions, we have Venus and Jupiter meeting, they, they, they seed new cycles. So whatever is being seeded now will we'll go for about a year until the next time Venus and Jupiter meet. And so whatever is seeding now is rippling out. So Venus and Jupiter coming together is typically known to bring blessings, you know, in the realm of relationship, finances, these new opportunities, but we may not see them today. And I think that's important to remember because nothing's wrong. You're not missing out on the opportunity. If you're not seeing any big blessing coming into your life today, it's rippling something. And if you look back, you'll probably see how about this time set something into, into motion. So I always like to preface it because sometimes it can feel like, wait, did I do something wrong? Did I like, how did I miss out on, on the energy? Now, a few things I really intuitively feel, you know, this is bringing a lot of new energy with relationships. Aries, the first sign of the Zodiac. It's the cardinal spark of life. It's where new energy sprouts. Venus is very much about relationships and Jupiter brings in, you know, expansion, these opportunities for expansion. So new expansive opportunities starting to come through and relationships and they're emerging through all this heart healing we have available with Chiron also playing into this conjunction. And Jupiter, you know, when Jupiter and Venus interact together, it tends to bring in relationships and connections that 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 really um, inspire us to live a life of meaning and purpose. Jupiter can represent our guides, our mentors, our teachers, or where we represent a guide and a mentor and teacher. So this conjunction could also seed something to bring in a very profound connection or relationship experience. It could be with a stranger. It could be with someone already in your life. It could be a new relationship coming in that's really going to profoundly inspire you on your path forward and living with more meaning and purpose um, to just like trailblaze off in a new and a new pathway. Jamie, could it also be a time where maybe people are exiting from your life, but mm -hmm. they're exiting from your life for the purpose of what you just said, they're actually making the space that you need yeah. for the new person to come in who will be able to really inspire your path. Or yeah, absolutely. Because Aries, you know, ruled by Mars and Mars is that sword that, that can cut, that separates. And so Aries is this decisive energy. Yes, I want this. No, I don't want that. And so it could be about getting clear what's not in alignment with our heart's desires and what is in alignment with our heart's desires. Absolutely. So we could be the initiator of that, but we also could be the receiver of that, right? Like if yeah. somebody else is deciding this is not aligned with my path, but there's then also the still the, the overarching big picture of probably for both of you, this is making space for the next thing to come in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a question from Allie. Allie has a relationship from the past and this person will not give up and belongs that they believes that they belong together. 
and they were only together for a month. The person called last night. Is there some of that energy too? Like that kind of hanging on or like really wanting something to work, even though it's not. Yeah. Working? You know, so the Aries energy is bold. It's assertive. It's courageous. And when it's, you know, out of balance or like unconscious Aries expression can be being pushy and not really honoring mm. of other people's needs. Mm. And so I can maybe see how that could play in. And then also this conjunction, you know, Jupiter is a plan of optimism, but again, out of balance, it can be just like pure wishful thinking or like over optimism to on the very end, like to the point of like delusion and illusion. And so I can see that now from if, you know, like for me, if I was the recipient of that kind of unwanted pushy Aries energy, it's a great opportunity with Aries. It is very, it is a that Mars sword of separation. So it can be a powerful time also to set a very clear boundary. Like mm. what's my sacred? Yes. What's my sacred? No. And that's very much part of like Venus playing into this too. Love it, Jamie. Okay. So another question for you in terms of Jupiter and Venus, what are some common misconceptions? What are some common misunderstandings about this particular, like them coming together? Yeah. So, you know, one of the big, um, I guess, maybe misconception, I'm not sure if that's the right word with Jupiter, is that people often think Jupiter is just about blessings, good fortune, prosperity, abundance. Jup that is part of Jupiter's archetype. But Jupiter expands anything that it touches, both shadow and light. And so how we're relating to the energy, it will amplify and expand both of those. And then, um, you know, Venus, she also is the other benefic planet. They're, they're known as the two great benefics. And so there could be, you know, a misconception that this, this conjunction is just all feel good, rainbows and butterflies. And that, that could be a part of it. That may be our experience of it. But again, there's certainly, it's expanding. It's going to expand relationship things. It's going to amplify relationship type things. It's going to, you know, Venus very much relates to our self-worth mm -hmm. and um, Chiron playing into this conjunction. You know, we could have a lot coming up that's revealing where have we not been like honoring our self-worth or where do we have wounds around our self-worth? I think a big thing, a big part of this conjunction is Venus is our heart's desires. And many of us have have wounds and they're really like self-worth wounds where we may not even be able to acknowledge or be in touch with our own desires of our heart, let alone receive them. Venus is a receptivity principle, let alone embody them. And so this conjunction may really be bringing up, you know, what is our relationship to our desire? And uh, and to me, this is like our sacred desires. There's actually a, a sacredness about desire. It's not all ego. Vesta being part of this is bringing in the sacredness component. Desire comes from the Latin root desidere, which means of the stars, which means like divinely inspired. So this, you know, this conjunction could really bring up what is our relationship to our, our heart's desires? Are we in touch with them? Do we honor and do we do we um, value ourselves as worthy enough to be in touch with them? And so it also may be bringing up the flip side where we feel like, 
oh, I can't have my desires or everybody else gets that, but I can't have it. You know, those like self-limiting beliefs and stories, those could really be coming up as well here too. Mm, okay. Good question from Natalie. I heard another astrologer say not to start anything under this conjunction when the moon goes void, of course, tonight, 7 p.m. PST. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I think it's kind of sound advice to um, be more in an introspective, a reflective uh, receiving energy. And a conjunction is just like a new moon, right? It's a still point. It's a seeding point for a new cycle. So it's not necessarily the time we want to like charge forward with action, even though we kind of want to with the Aries energy. It's really in Venus is about receiving, magnetizing, attracting in. So I think it's a beautiful time to let yourself receive the energy first and be inspired by it before necessarily like charging out with action. <laughs> So you've mentioned a couple times this idea of a sacred mission. And I've been like, I've been very contemplative about the idea of a mission lately versus goals, you know, and really being aligned with a mission mm. and, and having goals, but not having the goals be the end point. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious how many of you feel that you have a sacred mission and then how many of you know what that is? Like how many of you are like very consciously in tune with, okay, here is my sacred mission. And I would say that one thing that could be good to do, just given what everything that Jamie's just shared is potentially if you don't know the answer to that and you aren't clear to maybe spend some time in contemplation about that. What is my sacred mission? What am I here to do and contribute? And also keeping in mind that, that those things aren't always like a static thing that is always the same like it actually can shift and change and grow and and evolve but i'm just curious because I, I i'm like gosh i wonder how many people feel that sense of like sacred mission and know what that is and feel like they're doing it you know at least at some level mm, yeah oh, i love that i'm so curious to hear people's responses okay megan says i feel my sacred mission is currently unfolding Interesting. And do you, Megan, do you feel like you know what it is or is it being revealed to you as it's unfolding? Well, okay. I think that's a perfect point because Aries is, we don't have it all figured out. It's like that divine impulse just moving through us and we kind of instinctually move with it and we don't really know where we're going, <laughs> but we're just being like led by spirit. Right. Yes. Okay. And Clementina, my mission was my family protection after my father passed away. And that could be like a period of time where that's like the, the massive focus of, okay, I'm, I'm in mama bear mode. I'm in protection mode. I'm like shepherding or sheltering my family through a really challenging time. And, you know, sometimes it stays that way. And sometimes things like that can evolve too. Okay. I have another, okay. Barbara is wondering any direction related to financial impacts of relationship separation. Huh? So maybe a situation where they're separating and there's a financial entanglement, right? Yeah. And so how could a Venus-Jupiter conjunction give insights into how something like that might play out? Yeah, that's a great question. That's one of those where I'd like really have to specifically look at the chart and look at 
eighth house, second house things, but Venus does represent our, our resources and our money and our finances. And, and Jupiter brings this expansion energy to it. So just the, the general kind of interpretation with this transit is it can bring opportunities for, you know, auspicious things with our finances. Okay. All right. 12 and C's ask, what is the degree of the conjunction? At just wondering, you know, the specifics of the yeah, degree. 12 degrees Aries. Okay. All right. I'd love to go to some of the questions from our inner circle members. And one of them is from Vera. Vera asked, are there placements that show lasting marriage potential or no lasting marriage? They're not lasting marriage potential. Like, are there things you can see? And I think Vera was speaking directly about her own chart and wondering, is it, can you tell from a chart whether or not someone is like sort of yeah. designed for a lasting marriage, I guess? Well, so one of, one of the things we look at, and and I guess maybe this is if I'm thinking more like synastry, where you look at the relationship, the 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 dance, the interplay, the connection of two souls coming together, and we look for you know Venus, uh, particularly Venus Saturn, um, how they're playing in the chart. Saturn is this indicator of longevity, of long term nature, and a relationship. So Saturn is something you know. Saturn sometimes gets a bad rap in astrology, but Saturn's an amazing planet, and Saturn can really point to there's something that lasts. There's something solid here in a relationship. Now, in a just a personal chart, you know, I I actually we can certainly see signatures where someone might have more of an inclination to want more freedom, want to um, experience like a different, you know, freedom in relationships and to have more like many relationships as opposed to like a long-term one. And again, Saturn's one of the things that I would look at as well as things with your, your, your seventh house. But a lot of that I, I do think is like the belief realm. And so I think if it's within someone's heart desire to have a long-term lasting relationship, and that's something they've not experienced. What are maybe some of the, that's where I would get deep into the relational dynamics of what are some of the, the barriers perhaps with unconscious things, with relationship dynamics, how to like work through those. Okay. Awesome. Roseanne is wondering, can you tell what type of partner someone should be looking for if you know their son and Venus? I mean, so again, this is sort of assuming that Sun and Venus are the most important planets when you're looking at a chart in terms of attracting a partner. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like what you just mentioned Saturn, when you're looking at somebody's chart and you're looking at the ideal partner for that person, what are you considering? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's like so much to this. It really is Every chart is so unique, like a snowflake. It's really how things interact together. I think that's one of the big kind of misperceptions about like synastry, you know, like compatibility astrology is just looking at sun signs or just looking at Venus. There's so many things. I mean, a, a few of the main things we start with are like sun moon connections, Venus Mars connections. It's just so intricate. And I, one of the things, you know, you can look at astrology in a way who would be really compatible with me. 
And there's kind of, uh, there, there's pros and cons to that because oftentimes what we'll do is we'll, we'll deny aspects of our own astrology chart and we'll project like other parts of our astrology chart onto a partner. And we're looking for an external person to complete actually our own astrology chart. So we're doing a relationship kind of off of a projection and that works for a little while. Usually it can feel really gray and blissful for a little while, but we have this evolutionary urge that always wants us to move towards individuation and wholeness and fullness. And so then over time, we'll have to learn how to problems will happen in the relationship and we'll have to integrate within ourselves. So yes, we can see compatibility. Um, th there are some typical synastry things, but I, you know, it's interesting that the synastry experts, if you watch them, they'll say, there's not necessarily a good or bad compatibility. It's really, we can work with any type of relationship between two charts. And it's just a matter of like how much inner work do people want to do? Because sometimes what looks like the best synastry, the most compatible people do not work. And then the most charts that seem like the, oh, they would not, they would not be a good fit chemistry wise. They have amazing chemistry and amazing partnerships. So it's so, so intricate that really, yeah, there's so much to it. I love what you said about projecting aspects of our own chart that we haven't really owned. Yeah. I, I, I did that for years. So my Mars is in Leo yeah. and I, my first husband, my first business partner, they were Leos and I was sort of expecting them to do the Leo thing, you know, to lead and to show up. And I was in, in more of a supportive role. But it's funny because I think Natasha Alter, one of the astrologers who I had my first reading with ever, she said, you're going to project it out, but you're never going to be happy with the way they do it because mm. you know, it's really that you want to be doing it like you need to be doing it. So, of course, they're never going to do it the way that you would do it. And so it's always going to be frustrating. And so it's really interesting as I as I began to embody and embrace my own Mars in Leo more and more, of course, those relationships fell away. And I, you know, now I'm doing what I do, which is like pretty Mars and Leo a lot. Yeah. And there's so much more satisfaction in it. There's so much more fulfillment. You That's know? an amazing story. And, you know, interestingly for me, I actually embodied my Mars and Capricorn much more than my Venus and Gemini. Like I really embodied that Mars and Capricorn hard work and productive productivity, responsibility, that like workforce kind of energy. And I was constantly drawn to this like free spirited Gemini energy with wow. friendships, even with partners. And yeah. what they represented was a part of my Venus and Gemini self that was so innate and natural to me as a child. But I kind of lost that awe and wonder and magic and free spirit and nature of Gemini as I kind of, you know, with responsibility in life and going to grad school and having this really like high stress career. And I started to do a lot of Venus work and really like reclaim my Venus and Gemini nature. And it's interesting. I know like with partners and things, I don't, I don't draw in that same kind of energy as I used to, because I was looking for someone to connect me back to it within myself. It's amazing. We, we are so complex like there's so many factors and, and that's why I like that you're you're reiterating that it's not as simple as I mean we want it to be like oh if they have this here and this there then we're good and I think the other thing that you brought up is that what is good you know some people want a, a, a marriage that lasts forever some people want 
a challenge. You know, some people want to just be, want to grow. Some people want variety. Some people, you know, th there's all these different ideals or ideas. So putting something in a category as good or bad doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And like, for I just love that you said that my partner has uh, Pluto right on his ascendant. And he told me, like, in, in, I mean, he's an astrologer. So he told me, he's like, um, anyone who interacts with me, friendships, dating, the, like who they were, they're going to die and like be reborn. Like it's going to be this constant transformation. And wow. I have a Pluto moon conjunction in my chart. So I, in Scorpio, so I love that. And so I'm looking for that like energy. I love that transformation energy where other people may be like, ah, that's too much. It's too, too intense. Yes, exactly. Okay. Question for you about composite charts. I actually interviewed the Astro Twins yesterday. Yeah. I won't be releasing that for a couple of weeks, but they wrote a book on composite charts and they made composite charts really easy to like calculate and then, and then to read about it. What is your go-to relationship technique? Are you more a synastry person? Are you a composite chart person? Are you both? Are you, it depends. Yeah, I do both. I think there's something, so there's in synastry, you know, we can look at, like, for example, two people's charts, your chart and your partner's chart, and put one in them, you know, look at them together as standalone charts and how are your planets interacting with their planets and vice versa. That's going to speak a lot to the relationship dynamics. But when two people get together, right, we know in alchemy, one plus one equals three, the magical third. And that magical third is the composite chart, you know, this midpoint chart that takes your chart and the other person's chart, puts it together, and it creates a standalone chart. It is the magical third that is birthed through your interaction. And so I absolutely work with that as well, because it's so valuable. And I find it to be a really amazing resource. And they do work. Mm. Okay, question here from Layla about Chiron conjunct the moon. Do you have anything that you would want to share about that? Yeah, yeah. So just like in a natal chart, Chiron conjunct yeah. the moon. Yeah, so Chiron, you know, Chiron is the known as the wounded healer. And Chiron is a journey of alchemizing our wounds into sacred medicine and then sharing that. So one, you know, Chiron with the, with the moon, this is some multifaceted one. It tells me this person is really here to be a healer in this lifetime, perhaps. And it could come across as lots of different ways. It really depends on the sign, the house, all these things. But just intuitively, I feel like this person could be the, the path of a mystic as a healer, really guiding people. Their sacred medicine may be working in the emotional level, it could be like a depth psychologist, something like that. But also with Chiron conjunct the moon, there's probably uh, deep wounds around relationship with mother that that one is here to heal in this lifetime. And a lot from, you know, perhaps abandonment, not belonging and childhood, that that can be a journey of of healing in this lifetime. But when I see Chiron with a personal planet, that tells me in a very personal way this person is here to, to be, you know, a healer in this lifetime. Mm, okay. Wonderful. All right. How do you feel that astrology can help us better understand and maybe even articulate our own needs and desires in relationships? Mm, yeah, it's, I love that because 
one of the things I feel about astrology and really becoming intimate with our astrology chart, which is an unfolding journey over time. We don't ever kind of get it all in one and in one moment looking at a chart, but astrology is, is this, is this gateway into deeper and deeper self-understanding. It gives us permission to be who we are because so much of the time, uh, most of us in childhood, we learned how to fit into the mold of who people wanted us to be, whether our, our parents, our family systems, society, school, friends. And, and a lot of times until really like diving into one's astrology chart, or unless they've done a lot of inner work through other, other means to do like this inner work journey, oftentimes it, it can be hard to parse out what's conditioning versus what is authentic to me. And in astrology, Venus, this is where I really work with, because she has our heart's desires. She's our values. When we really work with Venus and do like a deep inquiry into our Venus signature and our astrology chart, it really connects us deeply with what are the desires of my heart. And then we can learn how to really like get in touch with them. And I, I do believe the astrology chart really is this great, great way to get in touch with them and reveal and help us reveal what they are. And then we can learn how to communicate them and to be open to receive them. Mm, I love that. Do you help when you're doing readings? Do you help people figure out their Venus signature? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I've done a lot of Venus work studying from like Sasha Rose and, and Kaylin Costell and Tammy Brunk, you know, all these beautiful souls doing this Venus work. And so I'm also pretty much always looking at, you know, not only your natal Venus sign and house and other planets aspecting it, but also like what Venus cycle, what Venus star point were you born into and working with these different layers because that adding all these pieces in gets you deeper and deeper with the, the truth of your heart's desire. Mm. Okay. Well, we're stoked to have Jamie on our Astrologer Connect reading platform. So any of you who want to figure out your Venus signature, if you have specific relationship questions you want to work through, she's available via Astrologer Connect right now. You go to astrologyhub.com slash Astrologer Connect, look for Jamie's little profile, and you can book a reading with her there, which is awesome to do. Okay. I want to ask you a couple more questions from our Inner Circle members. So Shivani was wondering about Venus retrogrades in general. What is your, what is the Venus retrograde energy? What does it bring into our lives? And Shivani was asking this specifically because we have a Venus retrograde this summer. So yeah. just kind of, you know, how a little bit of uh, foreshadowing about that energy. Yeah. Well, working with cycles, Venus retrogrades are the ending of one Venus cycle, 19 month cycle and the beginning of a new cycle. So we're in this ending and beginning with a lot of Venusian things. It can be relationships. It can be things of our self-worth, things of finances, you know, the creative projects. This can be a lot, but you know, in retrogrades in general, they're um, recalibrations, resetting of energy. So when a planet goes retrograde, the energy becomes more yen and we turn inward and we become more reflective and contemplative. So it's a lot about reflecting on our relationships, our 
role in relationships, uh, reflecting on there can be this big kind of shifting around our values, shifting around our desires, our creative projects, um, a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of this kind of energy. There can be changes with things with, with finances, um, yeah, all all things in the realm of Venus, we kind of get a reset in these retrogrades. Hmm. Okay, Shivani's also wondering about shadow aspects of Venus. What are the shadows? Yeah, so, you know, any pretty much any kind of like shadow dynamics that come up in our relationships, that they're not always going to be connected to Venus, but often Venus is how we give and receive affection. So what shadow ways do we have with giving and receiving affection? Venus is our self-worth. So when we're not, um, you know, when we have wounds around our self-worth or we're not honoring our self-worth, what shadow aspects come out of that? Like what perhaps not so supportive relational dynamics do we have? It could also be like blockages around money, like a scarcity mindset, or it could be being overly attached to, you know, physical things and and possessions and money. It could be like both ends of, of those spectrums. And so Venus is our, you know, she's our heart essence, our heart wisdom. And so when we're really not connected to our heart wisdom, there can be, how do we relate with others from that place, from like blockages with our heart? And that those will speak to some of the like shadow dynamics that can come up with, with Venus. And if you really look at like, what sign your Venus is in, the the kind of the shadow aspects of that sign, you can look at that. How do those play into like your relational dynamics? Okay. So my Venus is in Capricorn. So I would look at the shadow aspects of Capricorn, see how those show up in relationship dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like mine's in Gemini and like some of mine, I can be sometimes kind of like flaky. I changed my mind too much. Like, you know, some of these things, like those are some of my, like, I know that some like silly examples, but some of them are actually also being too cerebral, being too up in the head and actually getting disconnected from the heart. So those are like some of my Venus and Gemini kind of like shadows that can come up. Yeah. I would say getting too serious, like forgetting to play, like just, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm really aware of that, just knowing that how important playfulness is so but I also know I I had a friend in high school that my mom said one time she goes I really love when you hang out with her because she helps you be less serious and I was like (laughs) am I serious I didn't even I didn't know that so yes okay Renee is asking well Renee's question was about when she can expect a beloved to come into her life I changed it a little bit just to make it applicable to everybody. What would you look for in a chart to answer that question? I'm sure people ask that all the time. Like, when is this person, you know, when am I going to meet my beloved? When am I going to meet them? How, how would you even look in a chart to see that? Yeah. You know, interestingly, this is something I've seen in several people's charts, actually, that I've worked with recently. Um, they're, they're kind of like who they would consider their life partner, like long-term beloved. 
actually came in when Saturn was moving through their seventh house. Um, and that kind of ties back to Saturn being this planet that shows longevity and long-term relationship. The seventh house is a house of relationship. Mm -hmm. If this Venus-Jupiter conjunction happens to fall in your seventh house, so likely if you're like a Libra rising, this could certainly perhaps see that see that energy. Now, when the exact day, I don't know, but it that's one of those... Um, signatures that could seed that energy. I mean, you can look at sometimes like Jupiter moving through the seventh house. Um, Venus moves through the se your seventh house once a year, but certainly uh, actually fifth house can sometimes be where a, a new romance starts. So you could even look at these things in the fifth house could be where a new romance starts. And then the seventh house is like, okay, now we're making it long-term, but kind of fifth house, seventh house kind of signatures are are oftentimes things that that we see here. Mm, okay, another question um, from an inner circle member, delighted, who asked about yods. Like, if if there are people that are in a relationship and they both have a yod or mm -hmm. yod, I know some people say yod. Do, yeah. what do you say? Do you say yod or yod? Yeah, I just I think yeah, I've heard it both. I usually say okay. yod, yeah, it's the the finger, the finger of God. Right, right. Yeah, if really you both have the same one and it's pointing in the same direction, what what might that indicate? Mm. Oh, and I love that she's like, I'm just asking for a friend. You know, that's the one that's kind of hard for me to bring through something without actually looking at the specific details of charts. Yeah. I have no doubt that it's significant, but the exact meaning I feel like is very kind of like chart specific. Mm, okay. Question here about um, what would you say are like, I know people probably even on the Astrologer Connect platform, you're getting relationship is relationship questions. Would you say that's the number one thing you get as a reading astrologer? You know, some, I would say like kind of sole purpose as in relationship questions are probably about like on, on par, but yeah. yeah, it's one of the big, it's one of the big reasons why people come for readings. What's, what's one of the like most common misconceptions people come in with when they're asking you questions about their relationships? Yeah. Usually like, is it going to work? Yes or no. And it, it's just, it, I don't believe looking at two charts or the you know composite chart together will tell you yes or no. It's really a matter of how much inner work do you want to do? And you can use your chart as that catalyst for it. How much inner work does the other person want to do? And then how much interpersonal work are you willing to do together? So how much, how empowered a person's willing to be has a big impact on, on the, you know, essentially what is the actual what does it mean that's going to come out of the reading? But I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. It's like a yes, no, will it, will it work? It's so much more intricate than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another question here. What are some techniques that you use to help your clients through relational conundrums over yeah. at Astrologer Connect? Yeah, that's a great question. It's really, it's, it's very uh, intuitive and specific per person, but a lot of it can be doing the inner child work, uh, perhaps doing some of like the parts work, you know, because all the planets represent these different aspects or parts of self. Um, a lot of it is, is the shadow work, illuminating, you know, making what's unconscious conscious and revealing what are these 
hidden forces that are driving our relationship dynamics with self and others. Um, some of it's working on, you know, really, I, I would say this is a big part, getting in touch with someone's true desires, helping them arrive at that through like diving deep into their chart, working on sometimes it's just, you know, working on communication strategies. How do I actually communicate the desires of my heart? And, uh, and a lot of it too, is like, how do we, how do we disrupt some of my, once we make what's unconscious conscious and we see some of these hidden dynamics that maybe aren't so healthy for us now, how do we actually disrupt the, the unhealthy dynamic and replace it with a healthier dynamic? And so it can be a lot of tools. Sometimes it's self-regulation, mindfulness, embodiment. There's so many tools. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that I'll pull in. Can you think of a, a client without, of course, saying the name, but but a situation that was specific that someone was going through and mm -hmm. you, were un, you were able to uncover a pattern in the chart and replace it or give them a tool to work with it and they were able to transform it? Like, have you had that experience? And can you give us a little taste of what that looked like? Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is kind of interesting what's coming to mind and maybe it's because how Vesta is really playing into this Venus Jupiter conjunction. I've actually had a few clients and um, one of the big things was like dealing with a lot of like repressed anger and in, in their relationships and not feeling like there was a space to really like communicate what they wanted to communicate. So it came, it came out as, and I, and I truly say this with love, you know, as patterns that didn't feel supportive for them, whether it's like passive aggressive, um, these type of patterns. And trust me, I've, I've done all these myself too. Um, so I say this with love, but something, and, and, it, and it was how Vesta was actually playing into their chart, maybe with the transits into the chart, but I worked with this with a few clients, how to actually create, we worked with this creating like a ceremonial, a sacred container. And they asked their partner if they would actually be willing to participate in this with them. And in a very like sacred ceremonial way where there was like altar building and creating a ceremonial um, way to actually to, to have that sacred reverence there, an opportunity, a container to like actually communicate what they wanted to communicate and bring that through. And I know for a few clients, that was actually very healing in their relationship to have that space where it felt safe and, and their partner, that was a big thing. Like, were they willing to participate and hold that container too? But it was kind of interesting. I, I've heard that that was from a few clients that that was really, really transformative and powerful within their relationship. Interesting. I, I recently had an experience like that with my love. Wow. He requested, instead of let's have a talk, he said, can we have a listen? Can yeah. we have a listen? Like I, there's just some things I need to share. And it was like, wow. And so, but, but it was the like setting of the space. It's, we didn't do altars and all that stuff, but it was, it was a very clear that there, there was going to be a space set just to like speak and listen and receive and he was like, I don't, you don't need to say anything. Just listen. And it, it was amazingly powerful to do. Yeah. I love it. Jamie, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I'm going to see if there's any other, I thought astrology would somehow help me break it off with my boyfriend. And to my surprise, it helped me find love for myself. And now I feel I have found the friend I wanted in him. Oh my God, Melinda, that's amazing. I mean, that's, I think so often we're like, it's not working like it needs to end. But one of the things, and I don't know, Jamie, if you've had this experience too, is 
is it seems to me like until we've played that pattern out, we will keep recreating it with the next person. Like it will come maybe with a different costume and maybe a different, you know, form, but it's kind of the same pattern over and over until we find that thing. I love this. I, it helped me find love for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what shifted. It wasn't that anything else shifted except for how much Melinda loves herself, which is amazing. Absolutely. Right. Cause our, our outer world is always this reflection of our inner world. And even with the best partner for us, if there's, if there's something that, that, that needs to be healed within, you know, we'll play it out with them until, you know, until we've, we've healed it within. I love that. That's so beautiful. I always feel like with relationship work, it's number one, always about our relationship with ourself first. And then we can start looking at the relationship with another. Mm. Melinda adds, my Venus in Aries needed to get tired of running too. Mm. <laughs> I do think that that there's a point in which it's like, okay, I could leave this one, but I'm going to recreate it again. So I may as well deal with it now. It's, it's not going anywhere. I love that, Melinda. Thank you. Okay. If you're interested in having Jamie look at your chart, sitting down with Jamie for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes to do a relationship reading. She is available on our Astrologer Connect platform. You can find her profile page directly by going to astrologyhub.com slash Goldstein Connect. That's G-O-L-D-S-T-E-I-N Connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T. We also have other astrologers on the platform who specialize in relationships if you go to astrologyhub.com slash astrologerconnect and you scroll down the page a little bit, you'll get to a place where it has different categories of life. If you click on relationships, you'll see all the astrologers that focus on relationships. But we had Jamie here today because she's awesome and definitely a, a, um, a great astrologer to turn to for any support and relationships that you're going through right now. If you're needing guidance, if you're wanting to understand your Venus signature, if you're wanting to understand more about yourself so that you can show up better in your relationships, Jamie is an excellent resource for that. And we continue to get amazing testimonials for your readings, Jamie. I mean, people just rave about readings with you because you're just such an amazing person. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. It's truly an honor to be part of the Astrologer Connect app. I I love it so much. Yay. Awesome. Okay, everybody. Thank you. This has been fun. We don't do as many live videos anymore, but as we're on live, I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I love engaging with all of you who show up live. Like it's super fun. So continue. If you're watching the recording of this, please continue to put your comments either on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching it. And Jamie and I will go in and look at those comments as well. If you're in the inner circle and your question didn't get answered, Jamie is going to answer some questions in the inner circle as well. I did make a post in our private community. You can go there and see Jamie's responses to the questions. We did answer quite a few of them, but there were also some more in there, Jamie, if you want to go check it out. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Venus, Jupiter, and Aries conjunction day. Please look at it if you can. It's like very hard to miss in the sky. It's gorgeous and super inspiring just on its own. If you can spend some time with Venus and Jupiter, like 
ask them, maybe it, it, like ask them your questions about your relationships and see what happens. See what answers that you get. Jamie, is there anything you want to add before we close up here? Mm, I think that's, I love that going out. I always say when I go out, I, the best teachers are asking the sky themselves. So I love that. And to really like explore, like what, what are you inspired by? What are, what's getting your creative energy going? Cause this is also a huge expansion to our creative energy. So there's something to work with there as well. I love that. All right. Awesome. Thanks everybody for being here. It's been so fun to connect with you. Thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for making astrology a part of your life and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.